0: Hello, and welcome to the Art of Adoption podcast, a place to share and listen to stories about adoption and to raise awareness and remove any stigma surrounding adoption. On this podcast, you will hear real stories from real people about how foster care and or adoption has uniquely shaped each of them as they share the good, the not so good, and the art of it all. I am your host, Amber White. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. How was your week? Ours was chaotic as usual. We are still in the throes of our remodel, which means we are living in our upstairs area of our home and kind of on top of each other. I've ordered so much takeout, it's disgusting. (laughs) But luckily our kitchen is actually almost done, so that should end soon. And guys, I'm not kidding, after this, I am going to need to remodel my body as well.
1: Years ago, those cold nights in December.
0: if you are waiting to record your story with me thank you so much for your patience I have had several interviews already and recorded and waiting to be heard enough to get me to May in fact but I will definitely need to start recording more very soon so stay tuned for that and if you want to share your story or if you know someone else who does there are plenty of ways to reach me You can find me on Facebook at The Art of Adoption Podcast or on Instagram at Art of Adoption Pod. You can also email me anytime at Pod at gmail.com or listen anywhere you already listen to podcasts or by going to www.artofadoptionpod.com. If you want to leave a comment or have a question about anything, you can leave a message by calling 720 722 2839 And you may hear your question answered on the show.
1: It was March of 1999
0: in Nebraska City when Marianne, a 15-year-old high school student, found out she was pregnant. She was afraid to tell her parents both of whom were the oldest children of very, very traditional church-going families, so this quote-unquote crisis was going to be really bad news. Marianne had decided to confide in her good friend, a friend of the family and a woman she would babysit for on occasion named Kelly. Her friend had agreed to help her out and take her to the doctor to confirm the pregnancy before telling her parents, just to be sure. Marianne's mother sensed that something wasn't right. She asked Kelly if she knew what was bothering Mary Ann, knowing that the two were very close. Kelly didn't want to lie, so she ended up telling Mary Ann's mom, Pat, that she was pregnant, and that she was going to be taking her to see the doctor that day to confirm. Marianne walked out of school that day to meet Kelly and to head to the doctor. But when she got outside, it was not Kelly. It was her mother. She knew right then that her mom knew everything. The doctor had confirmed her pregnancy, and Marianne and Pat sat there and just cried. This is their story. Here is Marianne and Pat.
2: I'm a birth mom. I got pregnant in high school. I was 15 when I got pregnant and gave birth to my son in November of 1999. So I was 16 when I gave birth, and I actually chose to parent initially and took him home from the hospital. My parents were really supportive, shocked, and disappointed, obviously.
1: You can only imagine the shock and, frankly, embarrassment that we were going through here in our small town. But, day by day, we got through that. You soon learn that there isn't anyone that doesn't have some, something going on in their lives.
0: Marianne's parents were overall supportive of her decision to parent, but they did encourage her to explore other options. They had a friend who introduced them all to Child Saving Institute in Omaha. That organization provides free counseling to women in crisis pregnancy situations. They ended up sending a counselor to their home. Her name is Lisa, and she would come and visit off and on. Lisa's goal was to help Marianne decide whether to parent or to place.
2: Just kind of to please them and shut them up, really honestly. I went and met with an adoption agency while I was pregnant. And that was the first time that I learned about open adoption as being an option. I, you know, at 15 years old, didn't know a whole lot about it and thought that adoption meant you gave your baby away and you never saw that baby again. And so in meeting with the adoption agency, that was really the first time that I learned about the option of open adoption.
1: We had decided from the very beginning, we knew that we couldn't force her to have an abortion. We couldn't force her to place her child for adoption. We couldn't force her to parent that child. It just had to be her decision. And our daughter decided to parent. Come a long way.
2: I wanted to parent. I, you know, knew I could do it. And so didn't really take those meetings any further.
0: Marianne had had a rough pregnancy. She was severely nauseous and ended up in and out of the hospital due to dehydration. Pat went with Marianne to her Lamaze classes and did what she felt necessary to help Marianne get through this pregnancy and to get ready to bring home a baby. Finally, the day had come and little LP was born early November, 1999. Labor and delivery was actually very smooth for Marianne. Pat was in the room the entire time, and because they live in a small town, they knew the doctor and nurses well. She said that she remembers being treated with care and respect, both her and Marianne.
2: So gave birth in November of 99 and took him home, and I think that any mother or parent for that matter can tell you that you really don't know the love that you have for a child until you have a child. It's just not something that you can grasp until you experience it.
1: So she had the baby with her here in our home and she was going to uh, high school and she was working and she arranged for child care. She got some
2: help through the state I did have the support of my parents, but they made it very clear that they had raised their children. You know, it wasn't going to be them helping me out with everything. So I was really going to have to do this on my own. So brought this baby home and it just kind of all hit me, the love that I had for him and the life that we would have as a 16-year-old part-time waitress, high school student trying to raise a baby and so when he was when baby was we'll call him LP when LP was a month old um, I was just rocking him to sleep one night and it just kind of all hit me of I love this baby way too much to take him through the life that we are going to have and ultimately my love for him was the only thing that was going to enable me to break my own heart.
0: It was Thanksgiving. They spent the day with Pat's parents, her in-laws, and their extended families. After the family gatherings, Mary Ann, her parents, and L.P. were driving back home. It was quiet. Mary Ann was quiet because she had something very heavy on her mind and heart. So it was a surprise to her parents when,
1: Just right out of the blue, she said, I'm going to go talk to Lisa tomorrow.
0: And she said,
1: I've decided to start talking to Lisa about placing my son into a family that can give him the life that he deserves.
2: The very next day, I called the adoption agency and said, can I come, can I just come talk to you again? They said, absolutely. So, went up and talked to them, went through some profiles of families and Came across the family that I just knew was them. And we set up a meeting about a week later. I did not take LP with me to the meeting. Um, I just went, but I had a picture of him in my back pocket during the meeting at the point where I was comfortable showing them the picture. I took it out and they both immediately broke down and cried. And at that time, I just just knew that there was no going back, that this is where he belonged.
1: When she said, I decided that I can't give him what he needs. From then on, it was she drove to the agency. We did not ever see any of the profiles of the family she was considering. I remember just sharing the joy with her when she came home and said, I think this family that I've chosen will be the one. And sure enough, it was. The Profile Books
0: I have talked about this a few times before, but these are essentially snapshots of your life that you put together in a book or video for potential birth parents to look through to make the biggest and most important decision of their life. I know I said this before too, but it's important to be completely authentic when creating these books because you just can't know what the birth families are looking for. Even they don't know sometimes.
2: It was funny, you know, going into it, I thought that I had in mind of kind of what The ideal family looked like. And then going through, I mean, (laughs) I was very picky, which I had the right to be and I should have been, but I just kind of, I surprised myself with the things that I didn't want and wanted. Um, Some things that I wanted, I wanted Christian family. I preferred that they already had A child in the family or we're going to be having more children. I grew up with siblings. I wanted him to have siblings. You know, there were just certain things that I had on my checklist. And this particular family um, had a daughter. Uh, She was two and she was also adopted and they shared kind of some of their relationship with her birth mother. So I, you know, saw that they were serious about open adoption and, you know, Really honored that there were a couple of things. the The day that uh, LP was born, that exact day, my uncle passed away from cancer, and he had his best friend was his black lab Max. And in their profile, they had a black lab named Max, and that was just. I didn't base my family off of a dog, but it was just one of those things. I was like, okay, God's giving me a little bit of a sign here. There's one picture in there that stood out to me of. The dad was reading when the their other child, the sister, was a baby, maybe a month old, laying on the floor reading her books. And just the involvement of, um, you know, him being such a good dad. And just there wasn't one thing that stood out. It was just everything kind of came together. And it was like I was looking at an album of family members. Of I already felt like I knew them. Just the simplicity of their life. You know, it wasn't pictures of extravagant vacations and, you know, nice cars and nice house and things like that. Um, I The materialistic part didn't interest me. I just wanted a happy, healthy home with love and laughter, and the stuff didn't matter to me. Do you remember
1: 20-something years ago
0: the soon-to-be adopted parents made trips to Marianne's home off and on between her choosing them and the actual placement ceremony. This allowed them more time to get to know each other. It allowed Marianne's parents and siblings to get to know them as well. And it allowed LP and his new parents to start the bonding process. She
1: did invite the family to come to our home to meet us and to see the baby outside of the agency's walls. And I'll never, ever forget that day, because The very first day that we saw her child smile was when that future daddy looked into that baby's eyes. The way I remember it is the big smile that that baby had for that man and the joy that was in my heart when I saw that and Marianne saw it as well. The initial meeting with them is what
2: sealed the deal. The one thing that I knew was another thing that sealed it was when we were talking, I said, okay, so when do you plan on telling him, like at what point in his life do you plan on telling him that he's adopted? And they said, there's never going to be a time where we sit him down and say, there's something we need to tell you. We're going to raise him knowing that he's adopted. The word birth mother is used frequently in our house. There will be pictures of you around. We will talk about you. We will be meeting with you, you know. So it's not something, it's not going to be a big revelation someday. It's just the way that we want to raise our kids to know where they came from.
0: Marianne decided that LP was going to be with her through Christmas and the new year. So she could slowly start the process of letting that chapter close as this new beautiful story was about to begin. During those two to three weeks, she would slowly pack up and drop stuff off at LP's new forever home. It was definitely a difficult time for her and for Pat.
1: She did put off the placement for a couple weeks, and that was hard on me because I was afraid she was going to change her mind. Just when I was getting more and more worried, there'd be some sign that, no, she was determined. she Heret was solid in her decision. Fast forward a month later, on January third of
2: two thousand, we did the placement. The if I could go back time. It was the hardest day of my life, but I gained another family, really, and um, we just started this journey that has been absolutely incredible.
1: Marianne did the most awesome job of picking just the right family. They were so real and so easy to connect with. You know, we could go years without connecting. Maybe we'd exchange Christmas cards, but to actually talk face-to-face was very, very rare. But when we did, it was just like I was talking to my daughter.
0: They were grateful for the open adoption. It allowed Marianne to stay in touch with LP through the years and visit him and eventually start to build a relationship on its own once he turned 18.
2: Once LP kind of reached the 14, 15, 16-year-old age, he got a phone like many kids do at that age. And so it went from letters and phone calls and visits to just texting between him and I. And I think that... That was hard to navigate because I um, didn't want to step on toes. I've always been very trying to be the most respectful to the parents as I can, and you know I knew that questions would come someday, but I didn't want to step on toes in answering those without talking to them first. I think that I was pleasantly surprised at when I did reach out and say, you know, how do I want to handle this? They kind of gave me free rein on on how to approach things. So that was. A good thing. And like I said, he came to see me this summer, stay so with me for a couple days, and we just had a really healing for both of us. Talk about everything. In
0: nineteen ninety nine, adoption still carried a huge stigma, especially open adoption. It still does today, although it is getting better. Marianne didn't fully escape the backlash, unfortunately.
2: There were girls that got pregnant in high school, but adoption just wasn't something that people did. Um you just, you made the best of it and it just wasn't something that was really talked about or um, that I had heard of people doing. And so I did get backlash and I got, you know, it's the lazy way out or it's the easy way out or, you know, you couldn't do it, you're failing kind of thing. And, I, and it, you know, a lot of that came from my classmates of just, you know, younger people really not knowing or have any experience. Um, some of it came from adults, and that was hard to understand. But really, at the end of the day, it was the best decision for myself and for LP. And actually, a couple of years later, a girl that I went to high school with made the decision to place as well, and um, said once she heard my story, she knew that that was an option. So I think there were a lot of people that didn't even know that open adoption was, you know, a thing. And I think that, you know, 1999, it was. It wasn't really as popular of an option as it is these days. At least for me, I don't think I would have chosen adoption if open adoption wasn't an option. Probably for a lot of girls, it makes the decision a whole lot easier to know that you're going to be a part of this child's life that you created. So at least for me, I wouldn't have done it if
1: if it would have been closed. One thing that really Sticks out to me is how proud I am of the way she handled it all on her own and without much drama. I don't know if it was weeks or months after the placement. She was asked by an organization here in our small town, the Rotary Club, to speak to that group of people about her experience with open adoption And I was just in awe of the fact that she said yes to this. It's the older middle class members of our community. And for her to say yes, I'll tell about my experience to that group of mostly male members just surprised
0: me. The Rotary Club is a group of community members and leaders that come together to share ideas and take action to promote lasting change and to give back to the community. Ann was 22 at the time, and it was such an impactful story, it made the local newspaper. She also went on to speak at other events as well.
2: After placement, I went and spoke at high schools and support groups and things like that to share my story. And I just I just think that it's important wherever, whenever, to talk about it. And like you said, get rid of the stigma behind it. Because there's a lot of people that I don't think know how amazing <laughs> adoption can be for all parties.
0: Indeed. Placing a child for adoption is both beautiful and tragic. It comes with great loss for one family and a wonderful gain for another. Mary Ann seemed to transition back into being a teenager and completing high school with ease. I asked her and Pat about that time and also about the support system they had, if any.
2: My family was my rock, my parents in particular,
1: After the baby wasn't in our home, I don't remember anything other than a concern for our daughter's well-being and our daughter's mental health and whether she was going to be okay or not.
2: Just in the first 24 hours, I went home. It was a very hard drive home. And that first night was rough, but the next morning, shortly after I woke up, I got a phone call from his mom and she said, listen to this, you just have to hear this, and put it on speaker and he was just giggling and cooing and she said, "The swing that we have, he's just obsessed with. And so just to hear him and to most importantly know that they were thinking of me as well and wanted be to hear that he was doing good and ha- had a good morning. Uh, meant a lot to me. And then just in those first few weeks, I just slowly got back to, you know, my life of being a high schooler. And it was phone calls, you know, daily for a while. And then, you know, maybe once a week. And then a month after placement, I went and saw him. And then it was getting back into my high school routine and everything. The visits got Further between, but we never went more than two or three months without getting together. And I would get letters and we emailed weekly. And then over the years, it was every year she would send me a videotape of his, the highlights from his year. So I have these VHS tapes. I need to probably convert them at some point before they go extinct, but just got the highlights of his year. The first Mother's Day card. His first birthday was hard, but we celebrated together about a week before his birthday. They came to my parents' house, and we
0: had a party for him.
2: And he came to my graduation, my high school graduation. We're just part of each other's families, and
0: it's awesome. Yeah. Marianne said that her friends and classmates were excited for her and said they would throw her a shower and help take care of the baby. (laughs) Of course, she realizes now that they were all just naive and really too immature to fully grasp the gravity of the situation. And in reality, my
2: friends really through even just through pregnancy, you know, 15 and 16 year olds have better things to do than hang out with a pregnant girl or come hang out with a newborn baby. So, you know, at 15 and 16, I wouldn't say that I had really strong um, friend support. They weren't necessarily um, against it. But I really just leaned on my parents at that time. I had one teacher in particular that was a great friend and support system during that time. And then a woman that I actually babysat for her twin boys, she became one of my very good friends and and support during that time. So I met with a couple of birth mothers while I was still pregnant, kind of after I met with the adoption agency, just to kind of talk to them.
0: She knows that not all girls, especially teenage girls, if they become pregnant, have the support she had from her parents. Some parents kick their kids out. Some force a decision upon them. And some start a campaign against their decision.
2: And I met with a girl that her mom actually spearheaded a...
0: Campaign, if you will, and
2: the day that she went to the place had hundreds of people in front of the adoption agencies
0: trying to stop her from going in. I can't even imagine being that young lady. It's relatively rare, but it does happen. There are even anti adoption or family preservation groups out there doing just this.
2: Open adoption is not the loss of my child, but it's the gaining of a family. LP's parents told me, we're we not going to let you get away from us. We know you're going to get busy getting back into your life, but if we don't hear from you in a couple of weeks, we're giving you a call. Like We want you to be a part of this family. So just to embrace that mentality of them trying to embrace me as part of their family. And they really did. They made sure that I was included and didn't let me get away. (laughs) Not that I tried to. And I think it's important for people to understand that, especially in in open adoption, that it's a commitment on both sides. You know, if you are going into the idea or or the commitment of open adoption, it like you said, as long as the child is safe and it's a healthy relationship on the adoptive parent side, you know, it's a commitment to keep that going. And then also on the birth parent side, you know, these kids make this connection, and then for the birth parent to drop out, it would be heartbreaking for that child. So just the commitment on both sides to keep that relationship going with the interests of the child in mind. I just think it's so important to hear people's stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly, just so that you have a grasp on what you're doing and the, the decision that you're making.
0: Absolutely. And I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it because I think it's very important information for all parties to have. And that is open adoption is not legally binding in most cases. So be honest about your intentions going into your situation and stick to your word. Whatever you agreed upon as a unit is going to be what is best for the child in the long run. L.P.'s birth father was not really involved while he was growing up. He was at the placement ceremony, and he and Marianne dated off and on throughout their teenage years.
2: We were together for three years before we got pregnant, and then actually were together for a few years after placement. He was there the day that we placed. Other than that, really wasn't involved, didn't really have a relationship with LP and his family for years, just recently in the last few years, has reached out and he and LP have kind of started to connect. So I'm glad for that. I hope that they are able to have a healthy, stable relationship. I think it's important for LP to know um, where he comes from.
0: Okay, so I'm going to start a segment that will pop up sometimes called, Could You Not? These are things or questions or comments that people get regarding their adoption story specifically. So Marianne, what are some of your could you not snapshots? The term gave away
2: absolutely makes my blood boil. This wasn't a possession that I decided to get rid of. I used the term place because I placed him into The most incredible arms of his family. Don't say you gave away your baby. You gave up. You took the easy road out. Trust me, it is not easy. It wasn't easy. And also the assuming that there's sadness behind it. Um, You know, once I went to college, I had pictures of him in my dorm room, and new friends that I had met that didn't know my story would come in and say, "Oh, who's that?" And I'd say, "Oh, that's my son. I placed him for adoption. He's three now." and Oh, I'm so sorry. And I say no. it's not a, it's not a sad thing. He's doing amazing. And I get to see him next weekend. And, you know, just the assumption that it was like a death in my life. And I, I didn't want sadness to come along with that story. So it's a happy story for us.
0: And what should they say instead? Oh, that's amazing. You know, that's so,
2: that's so brave. And then just ask questions about, you know, how's he doing? How old is he? What is he like, you know, just, To ask questions about him he that he's he's the center of it it's not the adoption isn't the center of it there's a a beautiful boy that came out of this and so let's talk about him and how awesome he is
0: marianne and pat have both been able to mentor and help others along the way based on their unique experiences pat said her biggest advice is just allowing your daughter to make her own informed decision I asked what advice Marianne would give to someone whom is considering placing a child.
2: The first thing
0: I would tell them to do would be just go talk to an agency. You're not going to be pressured into
2: anything. Just, you know, the, those counselors are so amazing and well-trained and good at their job. Just go talk to somebody and learn about your options. You're not finding anything at that point, you're not, um, even if you want to look at profiles and just to kind of get an idea of the families that are out there. And then really just think about what kind of life you want for your child and how much of that you see yourself providing. I wanted a certain life for my son that I knew that I couldn't give him. You know, I was 16 and I had a vision of what I wanted my life to be like as well. And I wanted to make him proud of the person that I became. And I wasn't going to be able to accomplish those goals, you know, if I would have parented. Just, you know, to really think about what kind of, what you want your life to look like for both you and your child 10 years from now.
1: The the biggest takeaway that I have is just how proud her sisters and my husband and I were of her decision to place. And then to see her in these recent years and the joy of knowing that her son was raised in the most amazing family and was given the most amazing (laughs) opportunities to grow into the the person that he is now is so gratifying. It's been such a joy that it's been enough years now that we can look back and um, see the full circle
2: I'm just so glad that you are doing this to raise awareness and break the stigma and share the stories of awesome families created through adoption. I appreciate it.
0: And I appreciate you. Children who have been adopted will naturally have questions about their background and personal histories. I believe that through openness, adopted children and youth gain access to birth parents and possibly grandparents and siblings which removes the need to search and helps provide needed answers to compelling questions. Regular contact during childhood creates familiarity and normalcy for adopted children so that they may connect more easily with their birth parents throughout their lives. If I could go back in time, I'd pack my bags right now. If I could play back re- Thank you for tuning in and thank you to Marianne and Pat for sharing your story with us. And one more time, you can find me on Facebook at the Art of Adoption Podcast or on Instagram at Art of Adoption Pod. You can also email me anytime at artofadoptionpod at gmail.com. If you want to leave a comment or have a question about anything, you can leave a message by calling 720-722-2839. And you may hear your question answered on the show. The theme song forever home was written and produced by David other find him on Facebook or at davidother.com. artwork production and editing of this show is done by me Amber way. Tune in next week for another unique story and please subscribe to the podcast. So you never miss a show. If you enjoy what you hear, tell your friends about it and please rate and review me on iTunes. And let's remember, as Marianne quoted Laura Gladden Butler earlier, open adoption is not the loss of my child, but the gaining of a family.